Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple show in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. Uh, we are not a review show. We are not critics. We just react to what we're hearing honestly. Typically, it's knee-jerk reactions as it's almost always our first time hearing whatever release has been submitted to us. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We usually get through between five and seven of them after we roll some dice and randomly select the bands that we're going to hear. And that's really all there is to it. Um, I usually like to give that preface just so that people know where we're coming from. People know the premise of the show if they're just tuning in for the first time. Understand that we're not striving to be tastemakers. We always like to reiterate the fact that we're grown men, you know, one in a basement, one in a one in the room of a, of a punk house that I live in, even though I'm 30 years old. And I was actually reflecting upon that as I was getting set up to record the show tonight, like especially now that we're recording remotely for the time being um, and I don't even have to leave my house. Like there's not even like the semblance of professionalism or being put together or whatever. Like I kind of, it kind of struck me as I was putting my computer down and like getting out of bed where I've been all day, most recently feasting upon a meal of takeout Chinese food. Um, just thinking that, it's so wild that anybody takes our opinion seriously, either positively or negatively, especially negatively, but either way, just because like I'm fully like all I have on right now are house shoes, underwear and a hat for some reason, just because I didn't take it off from, from earlier. I don't even have a proper desk in my room. So my computer is just on top of one of my like record shelves and I have a watermelon uh, Red Bull to my left. Ugh. Um, it's, and it's absolutely delicious. Um, the, the only good flavor of Red Bull is the original. I don't see, I don't like the original. Oh my gosh. It's like nectar from the gods. I haven't had one in like, I, I deliberately have cut candy and mm-hmm. Red Bulls out. Cause I mean, my, my, uh, at least once a day was a Red Bull and Reese's right. peanut butter sticks. Yeah. The I big haven't ones. had those in like three weeks. Yeah. And That's impressive. I haven't had really any soda in three weeks or candy and- Oh my God. Just you mentioning Red Bull right now. Um, man, my brain's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to trigger, trigger that response. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it, it struck me especially hard tonight. Just like, dude, it's so wild that anybody listens to this show and they're like, all right, let's get ready to take these dudes seriously. Well, you know what? Here's the thing though. If we were professional and yeah. had our shit together, we wouldn't have time for this cool stuff. <laughs> that that is absolutely true. You know Trust me, I mean? I'm I'm very happy with what we've got going on here. You it's know, just, like like you you've got another six six years or so, or maybe seven before you catch up to me in a punk house, right? Um, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, but you punks don't have their shit together. No, and that gives us loads of free time to sort of dig around in the dirt and yeah. uh, find cool shit. Instead of getting tied up with like you know, the uh, various accoutrements of a, of a uh, successful lifestyle, <laughs> that's very true. I, I don't I don't know of like, like even the successful punks like Henry Rollins, yeah, and are like a wreck, for sure. Yeah, you know, like, I don't I don't I don't know, I don't I don't know Henry. You know Henry's like day to day, right? Yeah, but you know it's 
it's plainly obvious that like he's just barely holding it together as an adult. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and only doing so because he was one of the very few people that managed to carve out like a uh, financially successful niche doing the thing that he was good at. You know? Right, right. I mean, the rest of them, you know, are, yeah, it's, it's, you can't be a respected, successful person and be into cool things. <laughs> no, not really. It's it's very rare that those uh, those two circles overlap. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it just it struck me especially hard tonight. I've thought about it before. You know, uh, watching kids sing my lyrics back to me, or any any number of those things. Just thinking, man, if they could have seen me at three a.m. penning this stupid song, surrounded by empty pizza boxes, as Batman the Animated Series played on mute in the background. They probably wouldn't think this is nearly as cool. So there you go. Just demystifying the podcast for you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is also, this is episode 52. So if we had actually made all of our, if we had actually not missed any weeks, this would would have 53. We would. (laughs) That's true. This would, this would technically be our, our one year anniversary, but, um, but we missed a few. So fuck you. And actually, I think we actually missed we actually missed a couple weeks because I we did two episodes on the first week. Right, right, right. It just it just dawned on me. Right. Um. So, uh, other than that, though, I don't really have a whole lot of shit. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts up top. You know what I mean? I to, this week is I've been pretty pretty much just consumed by going out, hitting the racks, trying to thrift and source stuff for the old uh, vintage resale business, and and stay busy doing that. Try to make some money, and. Uh, Beyond that, I haven't really done fuck all this week. I haven't thought about much else this week. I've just been just been keeping keeping my nose to the grindstone and doing that for like eight or ten hours a day. So, yeah, I worked as always, but you know that's besides the point. Um, getting ready for the fall semester, took my bike out, hit the trails a few times, did some fishing. I yep. do have a mea culpa though. Okay, so I got to backpedal a little bit. Okay, so after we recorded last week, you know, I was laying in bed mm-hmm. and I was thinking about extinction. Um, and, uh, I was running through mass extinctions, right? And I was like, ah, okay, the Silurian, the, you know, Ordovician, Silurian, and like a Permian and stuff. And I was trying to place the Holocene extinction because I right. tried to be a smart ass yeah. about the Holocene extinction. Right. Cause we're presently in Anthropocene. Well, Holocene is the Anthropocene. It's the alt- alternative word for it. It bothered oh, me okay. for like it bothered me for probably half an hour in bed. I laid there thinking, "Yeah, look at me." And then and then I went and looked it up, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh, you fucking idiot!" Of course, um, which <laughs> I think we talked about when we reviewed that the the fluke tape policy yeah. extinction. Yeah, we may have. So I, I actually got out of bed and went and looked it up, and it's been burning inside me for a week because I tried to be a fucking wise ass, and. Uh, I fell flat on my face, and uh, I owe I owe an apology to um, um, Terminal State, uh, Terminal uh, Terminal Nation, I Terminal Nation. That. Yes, I owe, I owe an apology to Terminal Nation because uh, they are keeping it timely and they are keeping it present. And um, kudos for you and shit on me. I can only imagine like how many times we've done that same thing but not caught it. You know, oh, I haven't. Oh, you, that's it, huh? That's yeah, the only that's, time? That's the only one, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, you got any other, any, anything else up top that you want to address, or you just wanted to come clean with that? I just wanted to come clean with that, because literally it's been sitting in the back of my mind all week. Like, 
it's just been bugging this shit out of me. I, yeah. I, I seriously couldn't sleep that night. I was like, what, <laughs> what is the fucking Holocene extinction? <laughs> and I got out of bed and I looked it up. I'm like, God damn it, you fucking idiot. So, Well, I'm glad that you had uh, that you were man enough to cop to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I guess if we don't have a whole lot of thoughts up top, we should just jump right into it. Because I think on the, I kind of stopped in um, and visited the last Monday night listening party in the Discord. And uh, they were kind of clowning us for having like 40 minutes before even a single note of music was heard on the show. Hey, you know what, then? Turn it the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah, fuck you. Right? Like my because sweaty nuts. You, you can easily go listen to this music for yourself. Right. Yeah. We're doing all the work for you. Yeah. Um, and entertaining you in the process. Um, so, yeah. So let's just jump right into the music this week. Um, we will, uh, I, I, so for the queue actually this week, I decided to, um, take all stuff from the Facebook group. I have like a dedicated thread on there. So if you're on Facebook and you're not part of the Facebook group, go join it. It's, uh, if you joined it early on and then promptly left because it was a fucking wasteland, it's not nearly as bad as it once was. It's, um, there's much more discussion about punk and hardcore on there and a lot less, uh, just constant flame wars. So uh, I decided to check the thread on there for submissions over the past couple months, and uh, we had quite a few. So I decided to just do all submissions. We got a shit ton in the email. We've been just getting a lot of submissions in general lately from a lot of different people, which is fucking dope. Um, for a minute there, we had not a dry spell, but just a moment where like everything was coming from the same handful of people. Yeah. And I've like I mentioned this a couple episodes back, but I've noticed a lot more bands self-submitting uh, again recently, and just in general like new names in the inbox that I don't recognize. So that's really dope. Continue to submit stuff. Like even if we don't get around to it right away, even if we never get around to it, it's cool to still just have stuff in there. And like every every so often, I like to go back and do a round of of bands that we've had in the queue and uh didn't get around to and just give them a second chance so like in all likelihood we'll probably at least mention the band on the show at some point so keep sending shit in um so on that note let's jump into the queue so first up we have got p22 with human snake I, and i'm sorry i don't have the facebook open so whoever submitted these i don't know off the top of my head but you know just be happy we're mentioning uh so uh p22 Human Snake, this was submitted on the Facebook group, like I said. Um, whoever submitted it said that they cannot stop listening to it. It came out on April 3rd, and uh, they're an L.A.-based punk band. That's all I know about it. Then we have got Infiltrate with Sacrificial, Con Sacrificial Combat. This is a band from Daytona Beach, Florida. Looks to be some death metal shit, um, some grimy death metal shit from the aesthetic, but uh, I don't know. Then we have got Herbworm with Flux and Opposition. This is actually a local Fort Wayne band. This was submitted by Austin Mitchell, who I believe is the principal songwriter and the uh, vocalist slash guitarist of this band. I know him from uh, a handful of local shows. He's described the band to me as being um, vaguely in the sort of like dream poppy shoegaze 90s alt world. Then we have got Crush the Demoniac with Fugitive Sounds. This was sent in by one of our Australian homies. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but uh, named after the Cro-Mag song, one of the only good post-Age of Coral Cro-Mag songs. So this better live up to the hype. But they are, uh, yeah, I think a New York hardcore-inspired band from Melbourne, Australia. Then we have got Internal Rot with their Grieving Birth LP. This is out uh, on Iron Lung Records, which means it almost certainly rips. 
Um, Internal Rod is a grind band. This release has been highly recommended by several people. Then we've got Execution Hour with The Blade Descends. This is a band that I believe was sent in by a member of the band. I think Jordo, Jordo Bennett maybe um, submitted this, and I believe he is in this band. Oh, no, 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 no. This was sent by... This, no, he's in a different band. He's in Optimal Crime, I think. No, 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 wait. <laughs> Mike, I, I don't know. I think Jordo Bennett sent this band in. I don't know if he's in it. Um, then we've got PM with Demo 2020. PM is a pseudonym for Pretty Maddie. We've had Pretty Maddie on the show before. It plays uh, pretty infectious, 90s-inspired power pop shit, but this is not that. I actually heard this um, when he dropped it last month. This is... Uh, is actually a really rad hardcore punk EP that I enjoyed quite a lot. Then we have got Late Bloomer with Tonight's No Good For Me. Um, Josh from this band submitted it. He plays bass in the band, I believe. Um, I think this is kind of like post-hardcore infused alt-rock stuff. I haven't actually listened to this band, even though I've been aware of them for a very long time. Then we have got On Hooks with their Take a Walk EP. This is a band from Slidell, Louisiana. Oh, wait, no, you know what? We already had this band on here, and it sucked really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's my bad. We'll, uh, if we land on them, we, we, just, we, won't, we won't listen to that. It, it, was, uh, it was in the Facebook, uh, the Facebook thread, and I just didn't, didn't re- realize it was the same band we already had in there. All and then, right. then last up, we have got Optimal Crime with A Lifelong Fight. Um, this is the band that, yes. So Mike, Mike Geralico, I don't know how to fucking pronounce your last name, homeboy. Um, he plays in this band and he self-submitted it. And he, he said he, he realized he had not submitted it to the podcast yet and was surprised that that hadn't happened. So there you go. So that's All everything right. we got in the queue tonight. Uh, let's see. Let me get my D10 here. 10. Okay. That is Optimal Crime. The band camp is, so this is on Don't Panic. It's a distro.bandcamp.com. Uh, don't pa- panic is a record label slash distro based out of Chicago. I don't know if optimal crime is based out of Chicago or not. Um, but, uh, like I said, Minneapolis, oh, they're based out of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, there it is in the description underneath. So I don't think a specific song was, uh, was suggested. So I guess we just, uh, should start at the beginning. Yeah. The intro is only 47 seconds long though. So. I think we do with the second track. Um, yeah. Abort? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's lyrics on the first track, too. Should we maybe... I mean, it's only 47 seconds long. Should we just go in, like, first track in, into second track? Because okay. they, might, they might be, you know, expecting us to, to hear both of those as a combined effort. Sure. So we're going to listen to Reaper and Abort by Optimal Crime off of their EP, A Lifelong Fight. Yeah. 
right, so we just heard the songs Reaper and Abort off of A Lifelong Fight by the band Optimal Crime. Nate, how'd you feel about that? Oh, uh, that wasn't too bad. Um, I liked, uh, well, I liked, I liked the vocal recording. Um, it was like the recording was like really peaking and really ragged on the edges of it. Yeah. Um, and the times when she stopped like screaming for a second, um, there seemed to be a little reverb on the, on her voice as well. Yeah. Um, and I liked that. I liked generally speaking, like the fast parts of the music were just whatever, just broken up blast beats with shouted, you know, lyrics over them. Mm. But I kind of like the little flourishes and, um, little riffs they put in between the blast beats. That's what kept it interesting for me. Um, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for that and if this was just like straightforward, it's funny, like mid tempo blast beat sounds like an oxymoron, but st- like straightforward mid tempo blast, Mm. with just a screamed vocal delivery I, this wouldn't really interest me that much but um the little flourishes they put in there um sort of between the blast and stuff sort of uh and, and during the like chorus and stuff sort of uh i don't get my attention yeah for sure um you know you mentioned the vocal production you could hear the uh the doubled vocals on that which i always enjoy um a lot of decisions in relation to the production choices on this um felt very informed by the 90s ad as did basically everything about the music on this yeah for Um, sure yeah i mean i mean this sounded like it it could have been a track on like one of the uh abolition comps you know what i mean yeah it was a little it was a little sharper than some of those tracks sure um and and like I know it's not the case, but whenever I hear like, whenever I hear Ebullition Records, yeah, I always attribute a little bit of a lo-fi whininess, like whininess, <laughs> to a lot of the recordings, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be out of place with something like that in the second half of the '90s. But this was just a little, a little, like, I guess, punchier than than what I think of when I typically think of just like an ebullition release. Yeah, for sure. But this, you know, to me, this was not a world away from fucking like downcast or something. No, you know what I'm no, no. Like yeah. ebullition definitely had like the more like, I mean, they had the more screamo inspired, like squarely screamo stuff, even like funeral diner and shit like that. Yeah. Um, stuff that there, like, no one wants to fucking hear. Right, but I was thinking more. This might fall in fin, fall in. Well, I actually like funeral diner like quite a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I was I was thinking this could maybe fall more in line with like downcast and struggle and shit like that. In that it's like dissonant, chaotic, hardcore. Um, that is not easily classified uh, in terms of being part of like one specific subgenre. And obviously there's like a strong political undercurrent um, or even just like explicit, explicit political content to the lyrics. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, we always big up that for sure. Like, especially anytime that you're speaking about something that's germane to you. Um, I mean, I can tell you how strongly I feel about fucking pro-choice and shit and I'm a dude. Uh, so I can only imagine how I would feel if that legislation were affecting like my actual choice and my body. So anytime you're singing about something that is both political and germane to your personal experience, uh, I fuck with that for sure. Um, so yeah, overall, I mean, the presentation on this I thought was like 
it's probably exactly where they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Mike is like an older, older dude. Um, I'm pretty sure he was involved in like nineties Louisville shit. If I, if like, well, there's just, a picture of a dude playing, um, get, I can't tell guitar or bass in the background. And, and, uh, he looks to be a, a bit of a gray hair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just I know he knows a friend of the show, Rich Miles, and some other cats that are like from the the general Louisville area and stuff. So uh, that's the impression I get is that he's he's kind of an older dude who's been around for a while. So if he's doing the vast majority of the songwriting on this, or even just contributing, or if the other people in this band are in the same age group, makes sense that they would be calling back to that particular era of of uh, hardcore for sure. But yeah, this was competently done. It didn't blow me away. Um, I don't I don't find myself uh with a desire to like immediately listen to the rest of this um but i was i was not mad at that at all it was it was perfectly well done no i'd be i'd be stoked to see him live um yeah just because like you know i'm always i'm always into like you know angry songs about real shit um and so you know give you know that's that 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 puts it head and shoulders above anything that's like you know as we said before you know, like what I would call like false, um, false angry talking about, you know, fronting about how tough you are, some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Um, yeah. So I'm always about, you know, stuff that, you know, angry, angry music that uh, comes from a place of uh, personal experience or, or personal reality. Yeah, most definitely. Agreed. So uh, on that note, let's roll the dice. All right. Yo, shout out to Ebulation Records too, because they are, Ebulation is the, the fucking foundation of dollar bin, hardcore seven inches and records. (laughs) That is true for sure. Not, I I don't, I don't think there's a single record on that label that is worth more than five bucks. You know? No, no. And like, and, and, you know, that's not to say that they're all necessarily bad. No, right? there's lots of good stuff there's on there. There's lots I really, of good stuff on there, right? I, I mean, I, I like the Econochrist stuff. I like the fucking, um, I like the Monster X stuff on there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of good shit on there. There's a lot of pretty good stuff on there, but then there's a lot of stuff that like is not good and not bad and just right. sort of like right in the middle you know what yeah, i mean that, that is very true for like sure, right yes. in the middle um yep. and uh yo ebullition were the fucking masters of that man i mean they had a they fucking were. they had a they had a a, a fucking 10 year run or something like that of consistently mediocre DIY <laughs> hardcore records that came with booklets like political pamphlets. yeah 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 I mean like you know like Econochrist is good but Econochrist isn't the kind of hardcore band you're like fuck I want to listen to some Econochrist you know what I mean <laughs> yeah definitely like yeah. I like those releases but like if anybody ever asked me like dude what's like some of your favorite early 90s hardcore I'm like I'm not like dude that Econochrist 7 no. inch on fucking no. ebullition right and and yeah. I have a bunch of ebullition shit. Yo, that torches to Rome fucking twelve inch um fucking rips came out in ninety nine. That's good. Mm-hmm. Bread and circuits is good. Um, but man, there's some fucking boners on that label. Yeah, there uh, are. But you know, whatever, because um if you're in a pinch for records and you want something that's okay but not great, but probably doesn't suck, just check out the dollar bin. It's loaded <laughs> with ebullition records. <laughs> Indeed. And you'll get and you'll get some insight into the um the political machinations of uh the diy hardcore and punk scene at that moment because you almost certainly will find a zine of some sort in the uh in the liners yeah for real they kept it real that way so i did all right next up um 
Six. Okay, let's see. What is this? Eight, nine, ten. Six is Execution Hour. Bandcamp is executionhour.bandcamp.com. This is the one that uh, I believe Jordo Bennett is in and self-submitted. Um, Washington, D.C.-based hardcore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Jordan's actually Jordan, Jordo. I don't fucking know. I don't know you people personally, all right? I don't know if he's in this band or if he just submitted it, but either way, I don't really give a shit. Um, let's just listen to uh, the first song because they're all they all appear to be between like three and four minutes long. It's only a four song EP. Sure. So uh, let's just jump in at the beginning. So we're going to listen to Hang Your Head by Execution Hour off their EP, The Blade Descends. All right.
All right, that was the song Hang Your Head by the band Execution Hour off of their EP, The Blade Descends. Nate? That was a pretty lethargic way to open up your fucking EP. It was, yeah. Um, for a crossover band. And that was like crossover coming from like modern hardcore too. Yeah, definitely. Which, I don't know, I prefer crossover that comes from fucking thrash, like comes from thrash into hardcore. Right. Um, there was a, a bit too much... Um, I don't know, mid-tempo fucking bearded guy hardcore in there. Yep. Um, and yeah, it just it just felt really lethargic. It wasn't bad, but you know, you know, there's a like we said before, there's a lot of bands that are fucking kicking ass playing this sort of shit. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. They're a new band, you know what I mean? Um, keep working. For sure. Keep working. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess the I went back and checked. It was it was Jordo who submitted this. Uh, the reason I couldn't remember if he was in the band or just submitted it is because he did not actually specify. Um, so whether you're in this or not, I apologize. I don't actually know. He said the first track was a, a stompier mid tempo track, and that the second one was a more cross like faster crossover track. Um, you know, I'll take your word for that. Personally, I think I probably got enough of the idea based on this because, I mean, I, the crossover elements were obvious um, with the solo and everything in there. Um, but it was just really lackluster in general. I thought I thought the vocals were an especially weak link, not just the vocal delivery, but the vocal production was not great. Um, production overall on this was not awful, but it, it just wasn't it wasn't great. It didn't really it didn't it didn't hinder the release a ton, but it certainly didn't help it. Um, and yeah, lethargic is a good way to describe this. Um, you know, coming into a crossover release, I'm not saying you got to play at breakneck speeds right off the bat, but like, I do want more energy and more urgency, um, to suck me in for sure. Especially on a four song release. Like I'm expecting to be like bonked over the fucking nugget right off the bat. Yeah. You got to come um, out the gates raging. Um, this yeah, is definitely exactly. like, this is definitely like the third song on a five song yeah. EP. Yeah, exactly. This is this is not the this is not the opener for me. I want I want you to uh, impart in me uh, precisely why I should be listening to your EP within the first twenty to thirty seconds. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to have to get warmed up to it. Um, you got four songs. Like, let's fucking get the let out and go. Um, so yeah, overall, I was just like mad, underwhelmed by this. It's not terrible. Um, I don't know the average age of the people involved in this. You know, I don't know if this is their first serious band. It's, it's, at, from what I can tell, it's the first release by the band. It's not a bad um, first effort, but it, it's not exactly a good one either. You know, I, I got no strong feelings either way about this. Uh, it would be a band that if I booked at the house, you know what I'm saying, I'd forget. I forget about it a month later. Uh, I won't. I, this is one of the bands on the show that I won't remember that we listen to unless somebody brought it up and I would vaguely remember, Oh yeah, they were kind of crossover inspired stuff. Yeah. Um, is what it is. You know what I mean? There's plenty of bands that are, that are playing in this, in this wheelhouse that are of a similar skill set, and they're just fine and they're fine to open up shows and nobody's mad at it, but it, it, it's not blowing anybody's mind either. So like I said, keep working, you know, for sure. There's plenty um, of room for improvement. You know what I mean? This doesn't suck. I'm looking at the artwork and our or it's just sort of like, you know, black and white, high contrast, grainy collage of like a guillotine 
with yeah. a skull face in it mm-hmm. and a picture where it looked like, what would it look like if you were laying in your casket, looking up at your relatives, looking at you as you're in your grave? Well, right. that's what it would look like. <laughs> um, and then, you know, war and stuff. And at the top is a bunch of what appears to be, you know, World War II concentration camp victims um, and children. Yeah. What a boon. What a boon the Holocaust was to heavy metal and uh, <laughs> punk rock bands of the uh, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Yeah, no shit, dude. They're, they would be absolutely starved for energy or for uh, for um, material and imagery without yeah. having that like, to draw from. What What would you do? Because you see the Holocaust in World War II shit far more than like any other fucking war, right? Yeah, and there are a lot of other genocides and shit. Yeah, you know, I know. And Darfur, whatever. You got plenty of shit to draw there's, from. There's plenty. So, like last week, I mentioned um, all the fucking like Ethiopian kids that you can find, you know, dying on the covers of '90s crust records and shit like yeah. that. And like, yep. And uh, it, it's kind of the same thing with Holocaust victims. You know, it's like, um, boy, they're just they're just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, immortalized on the covers of uh shitty hardcore records um <laughs> which i don't know i don't know if that's uh the dignity that they deserve <laughs> i think it most definitely is not um you know i actually almost so me and uh our mutual friends andy and uh our homie chris uh who plays in like flux capacitor and interference patterns and shit and mm-hmm. who we've known for a long long time plays in a bunch of grind bands northern indiana and has for the better part of a decade same for andy um we did like a little power violence demo that we put up the other day and uh i was like getting some art prepared for it and i was like okay obviously i'm gonna do like high contrast imagery of uh you know war protest or something i'm just gonna do something that looks like a crossed out cover or an infest cover or something and i did find myself falling into the old trap of like looking at images of like the vietnam war and shit and i'm like you know what i'm gonna break out of this uh this is not pertinent to my experience um at all so instead i decided to be wholly original and i took an image from the syrian conflict um and uh the kurds you know uh fighting fighting back against the turks because obviously that's far more germane um to my li- lived experience so i'd like to think that i'm really uh breaking out of the mold with yeah. that one why did they want to kill the tur the, the kurds uh why do the turks want to kill the kurds yeah, is that nobody's <laughs> business but the turks that's a that's a a very good they might be giants reference that yeah that's so so here's the thing with like uh, just you talking about putting together art like you know some sort of design for a power violence band you're really fucking pigeonholed right yeah for sure i mean applying the label the pv label to something you've got really pigeonholes you but you're really really pigeonholed to basically black and white artwork black and white black and white imagery and it's either going to be like, you know, you could go like the Iron Lung way with right. black and black and white artwork that's like mildly medical and anatomical, right? Yeah. Um, or or like you know the classic route with like menacing pictures of people with guns or you know drug abuse or war victims, right? And if you try to go any other route, you are seen as like trying to be cute and jokesy you know what i mean yeah for sure dude Uh, yeah it's 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 a really really narrow lane the power violence world yeah 
I mean, this is just like a recording project that we're having fun with. So like we didn't have any desire to to go outside of that. We're like we're playing specifically to genre tropes, you know what right. I mean? So we're not we're not sweating it. But like, yeah, if, if you want to be creative, um, either with your visual presentation or sonically, PV is probably not the lane for you. Yeah, it's just, you know, you're really pigeonholed. So. whatever execution hour keep working uh probably don't start your ep with a slow boring track next time Mm -hmm. and um you know fucking rip it yeah and keep exploiting the uh victims of genocide for your artwork yeah um (laughs) let's uh let's roll the dice all right five okay one two three four five five is internal rot speaking of uh iron lung so mm-hmm. this is on this is on iron lung records which like i like i said makes it an almost uh guaranteed hit with me um, hold on i got a lot of shit coming out of my fucking throat right now yeah you sure do don't you i know it feels like i got a night crawler back in there hold on <laughs> all right how you doing you doing you feeling better now yeah Okay, cool. Um, so we've got the Internal Rot LP, Grieving Birth. This came out uh, pretty recently, I think, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, February 28th. Um, so it's been out for a minute. I've seen some people big up it, but I just haven't listened to it yet. Um, Iron Lung is constantly putting out dope shit. I mean, they just put out the new um, the, the new gag LP, uh, yeah. which is fucking great. I mean, they're, they're always putting out rad shit. I, I think there was a thread in the Facebook group the other day of uh, like top 10 contemporary punk and hardcore labels and Iron Lung like immediately immediately came to mind um right. they rarely put out something not good like and even if it's something that's not to your taste it's like we said with triple b or any sort of similar label that's out right now that's just putting out banger after banger is that even if it's not to your taste it's probably the best in its particular lane right um so uh let's just jump right into the beginning with this let's uh again i don't know let's listen to maybe the first two tracks because that's still only like two minutes of music it'll give us a better idea than 57 seconds you know what i'm saying so up front i've had this record for months um okay and it it does fucking rip i mean you know internal rod's been around for i don't know six seven years yeah Um, probably and it's reliably good fucking grind you know yeah it's not they're not trying to they're not trying to do anything special um they're just absolutely fucking ripping it and their first lp has just been reissued on iron lung mental hygiene oh Um, dope so we also the first couple tracks real quick before we um before we get into this too we were just talking about like you know pv artwork uh being squarely in a particular lane and hard you know it being very hard to deviate from grind has a, a little bit more leeway for sure but it often relies on the same sort of imagery um and Internal Rot is definitely a band who throws up a couple big middle fingers to that. Their album art is uh, is actually really dope. I really um, like. Yeah, I really like the album art for this album. The the and, cover picture is really sweet, and and um, I mean, when you see the logo, right? Um, yeah. And unless you 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 literally are from you know outer space with regards to this music, you know exactly what you're in for when you see that logo. For sure. Um, and the album title. But nevertheless, you know, if you're flipping through a record stack and, you know, the 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 the, the, the band name and the album name are at the bottom of the LP. So if you're flipping through a stack and you just happen to see a picture of some like blonde woman looking up at you, this mm-hmm. could be an indie fucking release. Totally. Uh, and their last LP too, uh, Mental Hygiene, it actually uses a still from a film that my old band Karloff used a still from like fuck over almost 12 years ago now uh for an ep that we put out that's from like a a, an overseas uh 
like cult film from the 60s that the name escapes me right now it's like not like children like night of the vampire or some shit like that i'll have to look it up hmm. um but, but yeah we used the we used a still from the same film um it so looks like an Arge- it looks like a still from an argento film yeah i don't know if it's an argento movie though um anyway let's uh let's get into it so we're gonna listen to transmission and unnegotiable impact by internal rot off of their new lp grieving birth We just listened to the first two tracks, Transmission and Unnegotiable Impact, off of the Grieving Birth LP by Internal Rot. And yeah, that fucking ripped, man. That's exactly, that's how that's how I want my grindcore to sound for sure. There's yeah. nothing bad about that. Yeah, and there's, there's, no, there's no point in like, you know, trying to, I, I guess, sound smarter than you are by trying to, you know, break this down into something. Like I'm looking at one guy here that wrote a fucking you know, a fucking reviewer or whatever. And he's like, punk attitude, power, violence, vibe, a strong whiff of nasty crust core, whatever. And yeah. fucking blistering grind core. No, homie, that's just fucking grind core. Yeah, exactly. That's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Up, like that's straight up undiluted like, grind. Yes. We ain't fucking sommeliers here. We don't have to fucking like pretend we can actually detect notes of chocolate in our fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's just straight fucking grind core done. Right. And, right. That's not to say like, yes, it's, you know, in the vibe of something like Insect Warfare, Insect Warfare definitely wrote like more songs that have like memorable riffs to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, you know, <laughs> Oxygen Deprivation, um, Street Sweeper, stuff oh like that. God. 
street um, sweeper. You know what I mean? Where, but but this record is basically like to me anyway, as I listen to it, basically like one twenty-five minute long grindcore song, right? Um, that I don't get bored with. You know sure. what I mean? Um, there's nothing wrong with. Uh, I guess uniformity and sort of a, a sort of like genericism in grind, as long as it's, you know, appropriately and like um, exemplary in its like ferocity and delivery. Yeah, I agree um, entirely. And uh, this this record doesn't, man. This record fucking rips. Yeah, this is really dope. I mean, just from that first a little bit over two minutes of music, this is I know this is going to give me exactly what I want from it. And yeah, I mean, just going into it here in those two tracks. Um, you pretty much know what to expect from the rest of the release. And if everything follows that general format, I'm fucking, I'm down for 25 minutes of that all day. Yeah. I mean, this is just like fucking blackout, right? Right. You know, I, I would be so dope to see this band or to see any grind delivered like this, but we'll stick with, we're talking about internal rot to see this band like in a pitch black room. That would be dope. Yes. You know what I mean? For sure. That would, that would be a fucking nightmare. They play like a fucking, you know, 15 minute set yeah. Um, volume cranked. I mean, you know, dimed all the way and they just fucking ripped through, you know, 20 songs, 18 songs like this. Um, yeah. I don't know how they, they could see who gives a shit, right? Figure it out guys. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I would, I would just love to see this like in total sensory deprivation, except for people slamming into me and, you know, the, 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 the unbearable din in my head. That would be a dope way to see this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really great. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I'm definitely going to check out the rest of that LP. Um, it looks like if you want a copy um, on limited piss yellow vinyl, uh, there are only three copies remaining. So fucking scoop that up quick. I don't think iron lung, I mean, I think iron lung tends to repress their stuff if it sell if it sells out. Um, but uh, this is, well, this is for- the second press. Um Oh, this is the second press of this? Yes, I have one on blue from the first press because I'm a ah, fucking okay. – I'm a collector. Oh, yes, you sure are. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It says it's for the second press right there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I guess I guess snap that up quick um, because who knows uh, when it will be repressed. But uh, that was – yeah, that was really fucking good. Like I said, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. That's just grindcore done exactly how grindcore should be done. Yeah, I mean it basically doesn't get better than that. Yep. So uh, on that note, let's roll the dice. Well, we are with with no. I hope everybody's fucking happy that we didn't run our mouths for half an hour at the beginning, um, you know. And uh, right. like our show, you know, we we decided to um, not talk about anything this time on our <laughs> show and uh, get straight to the fucking music because we're gonna get. It looks like through all the bands if we keep going at this rate. Hey, I'm not mad at it. Let's fucking yeah. let's let's do it. All right, four. So we've had six, five, and four. Yep. One, two, three, four. Okay, four is Crush the Demoniac. This is uh, this is this is one I'm I'm skeptical about. So the the album art, like I mean, it's pulling straight from like like Krishna era Cro-Mag stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like fucking Alpha Omega, that that era of shit. Um, best wishes, like and best wishes i've said before it, it it has the seeds of some really good fucking tracks on it it has the seeds of some really good tracks but they're way too fucking long and they're just bloated by this heavy metal attitude that was invading so many of the new york hardcore bands of that era um you know they grew their hair out they started doing bigger tours you know they they 
they quickly veered off the path. Um, Age of Coral is the only Cro-Mags record that I actually listen to. I will listen to some tracks off of Best Wishes here and there. I'll listen uh, to like Death Camps, like the opening track is, is a banger, but it's like two minutes too long. Um, Crush the Demoniac is a, a, is a good track. Every time I see um, JJ Mags, like they'll they'll throw it in the live set and it goes right along with the uh with the age of coral material and it's a good it's a fucking banger for sure um but you know just the fact that they're they're pulling from from that era of of mags it just it gives me pause um but it says there it says on the description that they're they're drawn from leeway too i'm i am a leeway stan i fucking love leeway so this might this might this might do it we're we're gonna we're gonna find out. So let's just uh, listen to the first track on here. Okay. Uh, so it loaded nine lives for me automatically. Oh, it loaded. Oh, yeah, it did for me too. Okay, cool. We'll we'll trust the, trust their intuition then. They know what's best. Yep. Um. So okay, cool. So we're we're actually gonna listen to the last track on this EP then. So we're gonna listen to Nine Lives by Crush the Demoniac off of Fugitive Sounds.
All right, we just heard the song Nine Lives by the band Crush the Demoniac off of their EP Fugitive Sounds. Nate, what'd you think about that? Uh, that wasn't too bad. I don't listen to too much New York hardcore that kind of veers into that grand bouncy style. Right. Um, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, I thought that was okay. I don't listen to Chloromags beyond Age of Coral. Um, right. And they're also not necessarily the first band that I fucking reach for when I want to hear music from that era. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was fine. The vocalist kind of sounded like, um, at times, um, sounded like uh, John Tardy from Obituary and Ray Capo fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's actually a pretty good fucking way to put that. You know? Yeah. Um, I could have done with... I See, the problem with... The, the thing about this kind of hardcore is... The parts that I like, I like, you know? Right, yeah. But then the flourishes and like, I, I don't know how uh, any other way to put it than like the like the, the theatrical, like metallic dalliances of like, like not even metallic, but just straight and heavy metal dalliances, almost power right. metal yeah. um, flirtations that this kind of hardcore makes. Like, it just doesn't do it for me. I just want to fucking hear hardcore. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yo, that's, what, that's why I was just dissing like post age of coral chromags and like i mean you know this is not false advertising they're definitely doing post age of coral yeah. chromags worship on this for sure yeah. and I, I i think it does suffer from some of the same pitfalls for sure yeah um you know that said i i did like this i did like this there were some riffs in there as you just mentioned the parts that i like in this kind of stuff i like a fucking lot i do think it gets i, I mean for lack of a better way to phrase it like this subsect of metallic hardcore likes the smell of its own farts. Um, you know, the the players in bands like this can play, and I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with displaying that, but, like, when it's done tastefully, and, like, I can hear that you can shred, but it really serves the song, that's, like, the sweet spot for me. And there are a handful of bands that have come out in the last few years that are doing this style of stuff really, really fucking well, uh, namely Mindforce, um, Ikulu, um, and with, with less flair for sure, but a band like big cheese is definitely on the Chromax tip. Um, there are bands doing this really well and like Mindforce and Akulu shred their fucking asses off, but like, it's really tasteful and it very much serves the songs. This, like I said, it felt like it suffered from a few of the same pitfalls as best wishes and, and alpha omega era Chromax. Um, it didn't really feel like it propelled the songwriting forward when you were kind of going off onto these like tangential uh, power metal moments. Um, But some of the riffs in there were really fucking good. And uh, if I, if I had to say for me with the week, the weakest link you, you brought up the vocalist, I thought the vocalist was maybe the weakest link of this band. There were moments when he would hit something that I thought sounded really good, but I think homeboy's trying to do too much. The singing man, the singing yeah, the singing did not work for me, and there are moments where that kind of stuff can work in this style of hardcore. And I, I and like for example, like I said, I'm I am a leeway mega fan. Um, I'm you know I mean I I like I like more than just born to expire leeway. I like a fucking adult crash uh, era leeway stuff. I when Eddie Leeway sings on that on that material, I don't mind it at all. But I just I thought this dude was was trying to do too much, and I don't think he was uh, reaching the heights of his predecessors with that. What when he did something well, I thought it really hit. The vocals like that he hit like right before that final like breakdown riff, I thought were cool. Um, 
so you know you don't suck man but i think maybe doing less would serve the songs better um there's a lot to like in this for sure uh you know but that, like we said that 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 can be doing less would serve things better that can that can be applied to basically all of like the hardcore that's in this vein almost um, all of it yes in fact yeah. all hardcore right less le- less can be more right um, yeah but that's because I, I want everybody to sound like they're from fucking 1982. Uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, and yo, is it just me or do do all the bands that are on like the Krishna tip mm. really fucking like wallow in their own shit a lot? <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that's just part of it. Like, like they're just like. like <laughs> now I don't know shit from Piz when it comes to Krishna, except it's fucking stupid, right? Right. Um, but like, <laughs> I humility, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and like uh, you know modesty and shit. And it seems like they they're just all it they're it, they're so fucking heavy, like ham fisted and heavy handed with it, and just over the top with it like gaudy well, yeah all i mean i think 108 all, all of them yeah i well, I, I mean i think that i think that uh krishna is definitely a religion that's founded upon uh proselytizing that's for goddamn sure yeah so i mean in that sense it definitely tracks you can find those motherfuckers at airports and shit right somewhere. and so it kind of puts it in the same vein as like you know like the christian rock right because you and i have talked a lot about like bizarro christian music universe where there's like christian death metal bands right right yeah Um, yeah, yeah. and like it's false because the whole point of it is to fucking proselytize right right and and that makes it false it doesn't come from a place of of like uh, it doesn't come from an honest place yeah so i don't know i kind of feel the same way about a lot of the krishna shit that's why it always turned me off is like you're so fucking heavy handed about it. Like fuck off. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel so. I don't know. I don't know if this band is Krishna or whatever, but no, I have no idea. They're co they're co-opting the imagery, but like that, that is more likely an homage to Cro-Mags than it is anything else. Um, and a lot of times bands that want to worship the altar of Cro-Mags and and bands like that, they just, the image, the imagery is undeniably cool. You know what I'm saying? So like it is what it is. I don't know, man. I don't think the imagery in this record's kind of is cool. I mean, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting to look at, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, um, Kali right. breastfeeding, both, both breastfeeding, nurturing and fighting cats at the same time. Yeah. I like Whatever. it. I don't. I like, I like, I like mythological and religious imagery in general. Well, um, I, I would. <laughs> okay. What, what were you going to say? I mean, but this is about as mythological and religious as like, um, I don't know, Goku hanging on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a fucking album cover I would like to see a lot, actually. <laughs> In fact, we should commission that artwork. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I get your, I get what you're, what you're, what you're shooting at here for sure. But I'm just saying, I like, I like artwork that's inspired by that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think it's cool. Um, that said, I'm not as turned off by by Krishna stuff as you are. But like, make no mistake, I think it's bizarre and like absolutely unrelatable on every level. Um, 
so yeah, it is it is a strange it is a strange thing, um, especially that that of all things caught on so hard um, yeah, within the really. hardcore scene. You know what I mean? Like literally, l- literally, the religion that was a joke meme in the seventies, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But in that sense, when when you when you actually frame it like that, it kind of does make sense that a bunch of dudes were like, "Hey, yo, man, you hear about this fucking religion, bro? It's actually like kind of fucking badass, dude. Like we should maybe like write some." <laughs> fucking songs about this shit because like yeah there's like all sorts of like battles and shit in it it's pretty fucking cool man yeah (laughs) that actually kind of makes sense (laughs) yeah well i mean the bible's full of fucking badass shit if you take away all the you know all the connotation right that's true yeah yeah right but nobody's nobody's out there fucking well i mean plenty of people are but you know what i mean it's not like it's not like all of a sudden these New York guys were like, "Hey, yo, you ever hear about Jesus Christ? <laughs> Holy fuck, this motherfucker only lived to be thirty-three years old. They fucking hung his ass on two pieces of wood and stabbed him in the side. That motherfucker came back from the dead, hard as nails." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think maybe that at that point, like the, just the Western, um, the Western social connotation of Christianity, all the teeth had been taken out of it. You know what I mean? It yeah. Was, Whereas Krishna was still, there was still some novelty to it. Yeah, yeah. Either maybe, way, maybe it started as a joke, and then people started taking it seriously. That that, that could be as well. <laughs> um, but either way, like I said, there's there's a lot to like in this band. Um, I think it's I think it's most of the way there for me. If it trimmed some of the fat, if the vocalists tried to do a, a little bit less, um, and they came back with another three or four song EP that was uh, a little bit more focused than the track that I just heard, I would be uh, totally on board for it for sure. Um, I'm sure kids are hype on this. I'm sure this goes off live. And uh, if there's one thing I can say about it that I thought they nailed 100%, it was that the uh, the production was really good. I, yeah, the production per- was definitely good. Perfect production for this style of hardcore mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, this is this is like I said, most of the way there for me. It's not quite on the level where I'm gonna like re- listen to this on like re- you know give this repeated listens, but a, a refocused effort on the next one, uh, it, it it might get there. Yeah, let's uh, let's roll the dice. Already, one. Okay, one is P twenty two. This was posted to the Facebook group without any contact, uh, any context. Uh, it's P twenty two P twenty two bandcamp dot com. Uh, the numerals two two. They are from Los Angeles, California. Um, they got a bio. P22 is an LA band formed in 2015 by Sophia Aragon, Nicole Antonia Spagnola, Justin Tenney, and Taylor Thompson. Blah blah blah. Um, Jesus, man, you're telling me too much about what's going on here. Um, a, a band is always a utopian proposition. I'm not sure about that. P22 is a prudent exercise in the collective rearing of offbeat protest tunes in punk's tomb. Um, all right, whatever. I'm just going to listen to this. There's too much. You're writing like it's a fucking pitchfork article. Um, the intro is, is four and a half minutes long, which considering the rest of the tracks on this are between a minute and a minute and a half seems like very fucking indulgent. So let's just jump into the second track, um, and skip that four and a half minute intro. So let's listen to, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, what were you going to say? I'm just reading the, um, I mean, yo, feel what you fucking feel, but fucking hell. Yeah. Um, You know, Human Snake P22's first EP is a compilation of sanguine materials written between 2017 and 2019. All right. Yeah. And, yo, I write like 
press releases and bios for bands and shit. And like, I, I understand like making them a little bit flowery to like sell them to, to music publications and shit, but this is like deeply indulgent. Um, and it actually looks like the song they have queued up to play is shortly, which is the second to last track on the record. So again, we'll, we'll trust the band's intuition and listen to that. So okay. we will listen to this song shortly by the band P22 off of their EP Human Snake. Okay, so we just heard the songs shortly and the song Pharaohing Crate by the band P22 off of their release Human Snake. Nate, how'd you feel about that? How much art can you take? Um, that's too much art for me, man. Um, there's something to be said. For, like, like, I like the obtuse, mm-hmm. um, but only when it's interesting. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily interesting. This was just basically, you know lo-fi like really simplistic hardcore just sort of chopped up and screwed and <laughs> chopped and screwed so to speak that and, and and turned into something that was trying to be grander than it was maybe yeah uh like i don't know man the second song i definitely like better than the first one yeah um but I don't so just like looking at like what the band is saying about itself and you know feel however you want to feel about your fucking band I'm glad you got a fucking message you know what I'm saying yeah um that for sure um I don't think I don't think they want you to think they're just a hardcore band yeah yes for sure I I agree with that which all which is you know usually rubs me the wrong way for sure you know um yeah and and like 
I don't know. Um, there's a quote at the bottom here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animal takes its stand on the plant. Man bestrides animality and the whole of humanity in space and in time is one immense army galloping beside and before and behind each of us in an overwhelming charge, able to beat down every resistance and clear the most formidable obstacles, perhaps even death. And, you know, I Googled that, of course, and it's, you know, a French philosopher, uh, Henri Burgess or Bergson, um, mm-hmm. who uh, says, uh, He's known for his arguments that process the, <laughs> he's known for his arguments that processes of immediate experience and intuition are more significant than abstract rationalism and science for understanding reality. Uh-huh. Uh, his views were seen as opposing the secular and scientific attitude adopted by the republic's officials. To that I say, thanks for fucking nothing, Henry. <laughs> you know, like, oh cool. I guess we're that we're seeing the the fucking fruits of your school of philosophy now. Um, in the shit planet that we, uh, you know, exist in. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know what, why the, why the band quotes him on, on their band camp page. Maybe they don't even fucking know why. I hope they do. But like, I don't know, this just reeks. This really pulls me back to like the nineties with college kids with a good deal of learning, mm-hmm. but not a good deal of application. Yeah, for sure. And like really feeling like they got their fucking finger in the pulse of something. Um, and I don't know, man. I, they, I don't know. This, I, I, this is like, this is really like striking a chord to me that it's coming across as really obnoxious. Right. And it's coming across, at least to me, by extension, as being uh, very touristy. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Of course. Like, right. You know, like, yeah. Like, this is the, the, they're swimming in waters that are a novelty to them, right? But not a habitat. This is this is the mustache man's uh, summer in a punk band. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, they they get into obscure black metal a couple years later, and they look back laughing at their uh, momentary flirtation with hardcore and punk. Yeah, uh, um, I feel you for sure, and 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 this is assuming a lot about these people that might be completely fucking no. wrong. I'm just saying this is yeah. the vibe that it. Yeah, I mean, with. yeah, I, it, to say nothing like that's all we have is what the band says about themselves and the way that they say it, right? right? And then the music that we listen to, right? So I, sure. I don't know the first goddamn thing about these people. Uh, they could be uh, the best fucking people in the world, or they could, could be. be ghastly fucking Trumpers, right? Could, um, yeah. You know, who knows? Um, right. But like, this is just this. Yeah. To, to, to take your term, this is this seems touristy. It seems um, obnoxious in all the wrong ways. Yeah. And um, unnecessarily like, I don't know, it, 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 full of itself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is kind of like the other the other side of the coin uh, in what we just talked about with Crush the Demoniac, how like a lot of the flourishes in that feel self-indulgent and they're doing too much. I think for bands like this, the minimalism and the restraint paired with the apparently lofty philosophical underpinnings uh, feel self-indulgent in a very different way. Um, now I wanted to like this more than I did because sonically it's got a lot in common with things that are very formative for me in punk, like, 
a lot of the crass records stuff mm-hmm. and the late seventies, early eighties, UK anarcho shit, um, like rudimentary peni and flux of pink Indians and, and shit that I really enjoy a lot. Sure. Um, now something, you know, you say what you will about the trajectory of those people's lives, but at, at least in the moment that they were singing about that stuff, they were also very much living those lives. They were like legit activists living on communes, being fucking weirdos. These people might be too. Um, I hope I think, they are. I, I hope they are. You know what I mean? That that level of authenticity definitely um, contributes to my enjoyment of that era of like anarcho-punk stuff and just distance from it too. I mean, I'm sure probably like people into more straight ahead punk and hardcore, well, I know for a fact, just reading like historical accounts of it, thought those people f- felt the way about those people that we were just describing these people, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So like, this is not a new phenomenon, whatever. And I'm, and it's certainly not unique to this era. Um, so yeah, so sonically th- this was not bad and it had a lot of characteristics of music that I like a lot, but, but something about it, like just didn't resonate with me. And I think a lot of it is what you just summed up in your analysis of it again, could be totally fucking off base, but like, that's just how this presentation comes together for me. I really wanted to like this and I was trying to like it and sonically it's fine, but I, I don't, there's just something about it that does not sit with me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like maybe I come across as like, I don't know, sort of like naysaying, um, I don't know, having like grander ideas or, or engaging in like, you know, philosophical consideration and discussion. I'm not like, you know, that shit's, I love the one that shit. Yeah. But, and and I think it's, it's vital. I think it's really vital, especially for like, you know, obviously personal growth. Um, otherwise you just stagnate and, you know, basically become a, a human Walmart. Um, um, but like, you know, I don't know, man. Something of this just fucking just smacks me the wrong way. For sure. I mean, you know, yo, like, like, you know, Puma Concolor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Right. Genus species. Um, you know, if you wanted to do it right, you would have fucking italicized the genus and the species or underlined <laughs> them. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, you know, at least you capitalized the genus and didn't do, you know, didn't capitalize the species. But like, I don't know. It's like, it's like that. Like just Puma number 22 is sufficient. Everybody knows what you're fucking talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Puma Concolor. Uh, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It, it feels self-indulgent in ways that like just don't are not appealing to me. Um, and like uh, sometimes we haven't touched on this topic in a long time, but we talked about it kind of at length when we were talking about like uncanny Valley hardcore and stuff that, that feels like just adjacent to being hardcore or punk, but isn't there. And sometimes it's beyond description why it doesn't arrive there. And like, it sounds fucking absurd to uh, the uninitiated. And perhaps it sounds fucking absurd um, even to those who, who have spent a lifetime involved in this shit. But sometimes your fucking poser radar just goes off, man. That's all I can say. Yep. And and it's not yep. and it's not it's not accurate hundred percent of the time. I've been proven wrong many times. And just to reiterate, I don't know these people. I could be one hundred percent wrong about the kind of people they are and about their relationship with this music and whatnot. But for what it's worth, wrong or wrong or right, 
this just pings my fucking poser radar yeah, I mean, and it doesn't it's, sit it's, with it's me. The, it's the only way it's, it's, you know, like it's inevitable <laughs> whenever you first encounter someone or something like that first impression is whether it's, you know, what they physically look like, right. Yeah. Or what they sound like, or, you know, there are any number of things, but like, Anytime you see somebody or encounter something new, there's always a first impression that may or may not reflect, right? Like, right. you know, um, I don't know. People thought we think we're fucking rad and cool, but we're not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just the out with a package of this. And, and here's the thing I was thinking about, like, there are elements to this, right? That's mm-hmm. in a lot of hardcore that I like. Right. Um, and that I think is like cool. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there are elements to it that are in plenty of bands that you could definitely describe as being cool. Right. Right. Yes. Nothing fucking cool about this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. And, uh, and you know, I, I can't really articulate in a detailed way why, like I said, it's just, uh, it's just intuition that may or may not be correct, but my intuition does not allow me to enjoy this and engage with it in the way that I wish I could. Sonically, it's fine. It's perfectly competent. I can definitely see why a particular brand of, of kid would be into this and more power to you. Um, folks in this band, if you hear this and you're fucking rad, real ass motherfuckers, props, uh, sorry, for, for whatever reason, your, your product does not reach me. Yeah. We're just, we're just fucking dumb, man. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Yeah. This just doesn't, this doesn't strike a chord in me at all. This is trying too fucking hard to be more than it should be. Yep. So on that note, let's, uh, let's roll the dice one more time. We got a handful of calls to, to get through tonight. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's do one more band and then field some, some phone calls. All right. Two. Okay. Two two is a local selection. Two is Herbworm. The Bandcamp is herbworm.bandcamp.com. Herb H E R B Worm W U R M bandcamp.com. The record is Flux in Opposition. As I said at the top of the show when we were going through the queue, uh, the only the only person I know in this band is Austin, who I believe is like the front person, songwriter, guitarist. Um, this is, it was recorded and produced by Caleb Lewis, who's a dude I've known for a a very long time. Um, my ignorant mosh band code of violence did, uh, cut an EP with him recently. He did a good job on it. He's, uh, he's a good, a good engineer for sure. Um, so I imagine this will probably sound good. I got to say, Austin, if you're listening to this, um, one thing that, that he's got going for him is he's one of the more genuinely weird motherfuckers I've met in a long time, a long time. He's, uh, he's a weird dude with a very strange way of looking at things and a strange way of communicating that, uh, always keeps me on my toes when he's talking to me. So I'm hoping that his music reflects that because if it does, uh, then this might be pretty cool. Um, so let's just, uh, jump in at the beginning. We're going to listen to the song Mirage by the band Herbworm off of their release Flux and Opposition.
All right, we just heard the song Mirage by the band Herbworm off of their EP Flux and Opposition, who are uh, from right here in our hometown, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Nate, do you want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off? Um, well, that doesn't bode well, does it? Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'll go. Um, okay. So this was definitely... This was definitely, it, it was, it sounded way better and it was played way better than I expected. Yeah. Um, cause I maybe have met Austin at a show at your place or something. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Sorry, dude. You know, I'm yeah. a fucking idiot. Um, and I don't know anybody else. So like, I don't know what their capabilities are, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm just used to like, when I hear, when I hear like a local submission, it's going to be like, you know. It's going to sound like, you know, basically retards beating their dicks off the guitars. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? With like right. with like a gravelly, scratchy cat singing, you know what I mean? Trying to sound like he's, I don't know, from Stained or some shit like that. Right. You know, so like this was definitely better played than I expected. And the recording was pretty good. It sounded pretty well. That said, I don't like this. Um, I don't own a single, I don't own a single record that sounds like this in the thousands of records that I own. And there's a reason. Yeah. Right. Um, right. This just doesn't do anything for me, man. There's, there's no fucking, there's no, there's no life to it for me. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't hit strike any chords. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking rip. It doesn't, it doesn't hit my ear as anything that I can relate to. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that entirely, man. I, so I think, I think this is aiming to pull for, and I could, I could be wrong about this. Uh, I think it's aiming to pull from, from nineties alt rock shit that I like, but it's arriving more at when nineties, radio alt rock like jumped the shark yes yeah 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 this was way too fucking radio rock for me there was like for me there was nothing alt about this this was just plain fucking radio rock i i think you're shooting for nirvana and alice in chains but you're arriving at seether (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah you're arriving at you know you're right you're arriving at whatever fucking radio rock band still pulls a crowd in fucking fort wayne indiana yeah, th- th- this like this sounds like squarely post grunge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which to me is like truly one of the most objectionable subsects of '90s radio rock is all of that post grunge stuff. Um, it 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 took any any of the underlying punk ethos and presentation that was still there in ba- bands like Alice in Chains and shit, and totally neuters it. Um, basically takes only the most palatable and marketable aspects of grunge waters them down and puts them in a food processor to sell to uh aging midwest bar patrons and i don't think that's what you're going for um but i do think that's where you arrived yeah like Um, for real you 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 could play any number of local bars around here and um uh the red hats would love it yeah, man, you you don't want a stained fan to like your band, but no. like, but I think a stained fan would like this. You don't even want a stained fan to make it home to their family. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you don't. You don't even want that. 
Um, so yeah, man, I, I don't know, dude. I, I think I want to give you the benefit of the doubt and, and, and assume that you're going for something better than what you arrived at. Um, and the thing is, as soon as like social gatherings become a thing again, I'll probably run into you sooner rather than later. Um, so feel free to, to set me straight on this and we can converse about this in person if it's something that you're interested in. And knowing your disposition, I imagine you will be interested in having a conversation about this in person, which I'm uh, happy to happy to do. Um, and you can you can clarify what your approach is on this. But yeah, man, I just, uh, t- to me, this didn't contain any of the hallmarks of uh, music that I, that I like. <laughs> that, that, that's the best way. I, yeah, exactly. Right. That's the best way I can put it. You know what I'm yeah. It was, it was well played and well composed. And as I mentioned up top, Caleb is a, is a good engineer. So it sounded good. Um, but you know, there's, there's literally nothing in this music for me. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, Let's uh, let's pivot away from music and uh, and tackle these phone calls. I think we have a, we had a, a handful of them accumulate over the last week. So let's right. uh, let's get let's get around to those real quick. Okay, real quick. Hey guys, uh, just listening to the episode in traffic on my way to work. As always, good strong work. Good job, uh, Nate. You know, you know, a bit of a mea culpa. Bread is a good utensil. It's good for sopping stuff up, and you guys are both on point about Ethiopian food. That shit is fucking great. But my point stands. Uh, bread as a bowl for soup is uh, on par with those dudes who make Blue Lives Matter stickers out of the Punisher logo. It's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. I just don't understand uh, the need for a bread bowl. Uh, you know, I'm inclined to believe that Osama bin Laden was not only responsible for Scott Staff and Creed, but also for the Panera Bread Bowl. It's just, it's, it's foul. Um, and you know, uh, related to this, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Youth Defense League being left off the Rev, uh, uh, Spotify, uh, the way it is, cop. You know, Youth Defense League is left off and, there's arguments one way or the other. It doesn't really fucking matter. It's their goddamn label. Let them do whatever the fuck they want. Um, and, you know, the, the point being that, you know, they're a reprehensible band, so on and so forth. But it has nothing to do with their uh, with with their content as far as white pride gone. Yeah, Jordan Cooper found out that Nick from YDL is a bread bowl eater. Left him off the fucking comp, you know. I mean, they they were perfectly fine with leaving them on there, you know. They were like Alec Guinness in Bridge on the River Kwai, proud of this monument to bridging uh, the hardcore world, you know, the difference between – bridging the difference between nausea and youth defense league. And they were very proud of this achievement. And then, you know, once Jordan Cooper realized, hey, Nick's a bread bowl eater, he hit the plunger and blew that fucking bridge up. Took him right off Spotify. Just something to think about. Okay, uh, so um, there's some there's some deep cuts, some deep references in there. Um, <laughs> there are, you know, YDL, um, uh, Alec Guinness. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, AKA Obi Wan Kenobi. 
A Bridge oh. Over the River Kwai, one of David Lean's uh, tr- crowning film achievements. Yeah, prior prior to um, being in Star Wars, Obi Wan Kenobi was in a bunch of movies. He was, uh, and one of them was a uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah, I, I misspoke. And uh, anyway. Yeah, I don't know, man. Red Bulls are fucking good, but I love cops too. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I you might be right about the Osama bin Laden thing. I, I think that I seem to remember that like after 9-11, you know, people were hungry and, and like the first responders were hungry on the scene um, mm-hmm. as they were, you know, wrenching shredded bodies three weeks later out of the, the remains of the um, the rubble. Right. Um, but the disaster had destroyed um, all the dishes essentially um, right. in the nearby area in the, in, in the fallout zone. And mm. so uh, Panera came to the rescue serving their delicious, uh, their delicious broccoli and cheese soup in bread bowls. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever bread bowls are fucking good, man. Well, um, they, they, they might, it, they might seem overindulgent, right? Mm. It might be said that perhaps, um, Bread bowls are the P22 of <laughs> um, side dishes, you know, because the main dish is inside the side dish and it's it's confusing. But uh, I don't know, man. They're dope because when you're done, you don't have to clean up nothing, right? Right. And, uh, you, yeah, which you've is had nice. a, and you've had a hell of a meal. <laughs> that, that's true for sure. Um, yo, I, I like how probably like in another few months somebody if so they wish could just chop up like a five minute compilation of us uh just saying how much we love cops and support the boys in blue yeah Yeah, and i gotta say i mean i you know i was kind of agnostic to bread bowls before but nate you bringing up the fact that um they were able to be dished out to our first responders after 9-11 um you know anything that that uh helps the boys in blue out on the front line i I gotta support so i guess i gotta pivot to a full support of panera bread bowls yeah um just to touch real quick on the ydl thing nate you probably don't know this because you're you're not online uh, and and why would i listen to that comp on spotify um because it's a good comp yeah but so what you know what i mean like (laughs) well then why listen to any (laughs) but you know applying that logic why'd you listen to anything why would you listen to a fucking comp on spotify like already especially today in today's day and age comps like no you know like like those are those are definite bangers on that comp right but like how many people are really like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to listen to that rev comp? A lot, a lot of people. I just listen to the fucking original artists, man. That's the point. What do you, what do you mean? But yo, a lot of the time, though, especially during that era, like comp tracks were like exclusive tracks to the comp. Yeah. I'm not listening to a fucking comp on Spotify. I'm barely, we, I'm barely listening to a comp on my fucking turntable. We make mixed digital mixtapes for people every fucking week, and you're on over here like, yo, why would you listen to a comp? We make a compilation every week. Yeah, it's because we don't fucking put racist ass bands on them. <laughs> well, you know, neither, neither did, uh, neither did Revelation. Like uh, twenty five years later. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So YDL got left off the uh, the the digital upload, uh, the Spotify upload of the way it is comp. 
some people are mad about it. Some aren't. I think Larry hit the nail on the head with who gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, truly, who does give a shit? I mean, it's they're not erasing history. You still can find out that YDL was on the comp. And like, I, I like YDL. The last time I was in Richmond in, fe- in February, I bought a fucking YDL 7-inch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, leaving a fucking sketchy ass band off of your comp is a perfectly fine move. Um, and like, if some kid doesn't hear YDL's shitty uh, nationalist oi infused hardcore, it's not a great fucking loss for the world. I mean, I have an affection for the music because I grew up listening to it. But like beyond that, I mean, truly, who gives a shit? Um, it's the, basically the same argument as like, don't t- tear down Confederate statues because uh, we won't know our history if they're not on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, well. Oh, geez. What a shame. I forgot who that general was that I didn't know about in the first fucking place. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's It's no great historical loss if like, a few 15 year old kids discover the fucking way it is comp and don't hear the YDL tracks. It'll be fucking all right. The world will keep spinning. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Larry has a brief, uh, follow-up call that he, that he called in five minutes after this one. So let's see if he has any amendments or or that he would like to make to his initial statements. Hey guys, uh, follow up to my last call. Uh, I felt like I stated my case adequately, but just to further prove my point that, uh, Soup inside bread bowls served at Panera are just fucking foul, um, and only foul people eat them. Um, it's a well-known fact that uh, a famous bread bowl eater is a uh, Terry Gross. Well, <laughs> and you can tell when you look at pictures of her because she has a lot of heft on that frame of hers. Uh, <laughs> Does she? I've never seen a picture of Terry Gross. No, she looks. Think. She looks like a bald baby bird. <laughs> Okay. Is she bald? No, no, but she's got very short hair. I think I I don't know. Like, you know, I recall looking at her years ago because I wondered what she looked like. You know, because uh-huh. you see somebody's voice and you're like, I wonder what that person looks like. And yeah. I was shocked. Yeah, fair enough. I'm gonna look up a picture of Terry Gross after this, I guess. Um all right, so yeah, Larry just doubled down on his case there. Fair enough. Um let's uh let's listen to what we got next. All right. Yo. So, you know, I turned a new leaf in life. I, I think that, you know, all thrifting should be done. It's gentrifying poor people culture. People can't afford shit. Like, we really are the scum of the earth, if you think about it. You know, buying old shit off the ground that nobody was going to use anyways and throw it in the garbage. We're flipping it for a hundred plus dollars. I think we're the human scum. Nazis, they deserve better than we're going to deserve in hell. <laughs> No, fuck that shit. That's dumb fucking oatmeal bullshit. Yeah, straight up. That stupid-ass article I read got me fucking heated. Like, suck a dick. Suck the fattest dick. I'm sorry. I'm having a, a nice speech here right now because, you know, I'm part of the civilized... Uh, I mean, I'm more of the part of the more civilized university of, of life. I'm real off the cuff right now, you know what I mean? I'm just... I'm just out here enjoying sweet tea because everybody else is fucking stupid. Like, if you don't like sweet tea, suck a dick. That's why people can suck a dick. People don't like sweet tea. Indiana. You know what I mean? Wisconsin. Louisiana. Anything that isn't Texas, really. Like, why wouldn't you just have sugar in your tea? Dumb. Suck a dick. Okay, so that's one of John Espino's famous rants that covers 
every conceivable human topic. Um, it went from uh, a recent sentiment that has permeated, um, as you said, uh, oatmeal brain, uh, oatmeal brains online that that th- re- reselling thrifted good is goods is quote gentrification, and then it jumped all the way down to sweet tea. I think you instructed people to suck your dick or a dick at least five times, which I can get behind. Um, I don't want to dwell on either of these topics too much. I don't have a strong strong feeling about sweet tea one way or the other. Um, and as far as the reselling uh, thrifted goods being gentrification, yeah, I mean, for sure, suck my dick. Um, if you, you feel that way, um, you won't even think about this topic in five minutes. That was a, 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 that's a hot opinion on the internet this week, but I assure you the people just spewing their thoughts into the ether uh, will be onto something else in two weeks, and it's not even really worth addressing. Yeah, so there you go. It's, a, it's not a real problem. I, in fact, I didn't even know anything about it. Right, exactly. It is, it is squarely in the camp of not real. Yeah. Uh, um, so there you go. Let's, uh, let's listen to our next message. Hello. Um, so Nate, I'm uh, looking for possibly some uh, some new Dungeons and Dragons podcasts to listen to, and I could use your assistance. Um, if you want to compile a list of uh great Dungeons and Dragons content for me to consume. Um, it's more important than hardcore. Um, and I, I would love some, uh, some new material to check out. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, that's a question specifically for you, Nate. Well, there's not a lot of deep cuts here, really. Um, no, no, they're not. Usually um, the popular ones are, are popular for a reason, you know? Yeah, because they're very well produced and yeah. well done. So like, you know, Critical Role has hundreds of fucking episodes that are like four hours long. Um, right. And I was binging them just to get all caught up. And now I have been for months. Um, Glass Cannon puts out, everybody listens to that too. They put out fucking regular good content. Every single one of their fucking shows is good. And they have a lot of different content. Um, yeah, for sure. But I've tried listening to others. Um, a lot of them are behind like paywalls and well, fuck you. Um, if you're not going to give me like a free something, you know what I mean? For me yeah. to like, okay, I'll get, I'll float you five bucks for the rest of your content down the road. Um, mm-hmm. Then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fucking listening to it. Um, Dan Harmon has one I've listened to a, f- a few times. It's pretty good, but I think it's behind a paywall or something like that now. Um, yeah, I think it's on like a, it's like through a specific network or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to fucking pay for it if I can't like, I don't know, like I want something free that entices me to pay you for more. Um, and, uh, Brian Posehn had one that is terrible. Was that nerd poker? Oh my God. Like yeah, it's not the, the, the original nerd poker was behind a paywall and then he redid it. Um, like, I guess he, he, I don't know. He sold, I, I don't know what it is, but they, they started, he started another one that was on Spotify or something and it's unlistenable. Um, yeah, it's not good. Man. I mean, like we don't have great recording quality, but we also don't have a lot of money and sure. I'm not saying Brian Bosain is a millionaire, but fuck me, dude, you could probably afford more than one goddamn room mic and uh, a mixer. Um, 
You would assume. And like, I'm not even sure they know how to play Dungeons and Dragons because whatever system they're using sure as fuck isn't a role. They're not, they're not using the D20 system correctly um, when I listened to it. Uh, So I stopped listening to it because it was aimless and um, it didn't seem like the the, the DM knew what the fuck he was doing or any of them even knew what they were doing, despite the fact that they all said they've been playing the game for like their entire adult lives. Right. Um, which makes me think that they're trapped in like some Sisyphean hell that they can't escape where they just forget every single goddamn rule of Dungeons and Dragons every single time they sit down at the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing with like live play podcasts is that the vast majority of people just aren't entertaining in general. Right, right. So right. like you, you have to strike a balance of people that are both entertaining to listen to and good performers innately um, and also have at least a competent enough uh, understanding of the mechanics that the game can be played with like some semblance of like normalcy. <laughs> um, right. So that's a hard balance to strike. And like by and large, like I said up top, like I think the ones that have soared to the uh, heights of popularity in the live play category have done so because they do strike that balance and a lot of the ones that i've listened to that are um still popular but not not on the levels of like glass cannon or like adventure zone or whatever um are just are not there and i and i think so and even adventure zone lost me after a while it it may be good again you know what i'm saying yeah i have listened listened to it yeah I, I jumped off after they like after they switched uh, from a D twenty system they and they were doing Power by the Apocalypse system. Yeah, which I just really didn't like. No, and um, it really felt forced. Yeah, because th- it was a really cool tale up to that point, and I, it totally yeah. lost me at that point. For oh. sure, even even narratively, it lost me at that point. Yeah, so. and and I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons isn't an easy thing to make entertaining for virtually anybody. Exactly. Um, let alone people that aren't actually playing it. So you, which is a testament to how popular the, like how good the players and the GMs are for the popular, like role-playing game podcast, how good they are at their fucking craft or whatever you want to call it, that they can do that because they can get you to watch them play a excruciatingly slow game. Um, for hours and hours on end or listen to it. Right. Um, you know, like, you know, critical roles a bit fucking saccharine um, mm-hmm. sometimes, but yo, they're fucking undeniable. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely. And, and like glass cannon is not saccharine. Um, they're definitely a bit, a bit nastier, but um, you know, family friendly as much as they can be. And they do it really well. I've listened to a few others and I've watched a few live streams and it's just people that people, it's mostly people with bad accents that aren't very interesting um, and a deadpan DM. Yeah. I, so, I mean, for my money, it's glass cannon all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, I really, and, and all their shows. I mean, it's one of the few yeah. things that I'm a Patreon subscriber for. And um, just so I have access to all their other shows, cause they're all good. Yeah. And we saw them live. Yeah. Their, uh, you know, their Starfinder camp campaign is good. 
Um, they're all at this point seasoned players. Um, they're they're good storytellers. They're funny. Um, they're and there's so much fucking content that like you don't really like if you haven't started it already. If you haven't been following along from jump, like you have so much content ahead of you, you don't even really need to listen to other live play podcasts. Like you got plenty to choose. Yes, from. You, you especially have, especially if you subscribe on Patreon. Yeah, you have hundreds of hours uh, yeah. of content, literally. And at, uh, at this point, probably over a thousand. Uh, easily over a thousand hours of content yeah and, and, and yo just to give you an idea how good they are like i mean those dudes make those dudes are pulling in something like 60k a month on patreon right right yeah i mean that's insane that they're able to put together a product which is ulti- which is basically just f- adults playing pretend which yeah when you put it that way could not possibly sound more boring right yes right but but they make it interesting and engaging to enough people that they not only make a a living off of it they make like a good living off of it right so um so yeah so that that would be that would be my suggestion for sure and and if you if you if you if you you're bulking at like being a patreon subscriber you know don't be fucking cheap right yeah it's like Um, five bucks five bucks and you literally get hundreds of hours of fucking shit for sure. And like everybody pays between five and 10 bucks for subscriptions every month and don't even fucking bat an eye at it. Oh, um, pardon if, me, $70,000 a month. Damn. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, people pay for fucking Hulu, Spotify, all that shit every, every month. Don't bat an eye at it. If, if there are people, and this is not, and this is not even me trying to entice people into our, into our Patreon. I'm just saying this genuinely. Um, you know, if, if there's people on a smaller scale that are making content that you really fucking enjoy, throwing them five bucks a month is just, it's not a fucking big deal. Yeah. And like, you, know, you know, yo, if you don't have five bucks and you're one of our Patreon subscribers, cancel your subscription to us and just, you know, give it to the glass cannon, I guess. Cause that's what the past fucking five minutes have been. It's a fucking ad for glass cannon. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Um, so let's listen to like two more because we got fucking we got like five more on here. We're already approaching like the two hour mark. Okay, um, we got a couple I'd, from Fatty. Yeah, let's let's listen to the two from Fatty, and then we'll save the other ones for the uh, for for next week. All right. Well, hey there, guys. It's uh, it's me. It's Fatty Hurst. Haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, I'm calling for some uh, mushy bullshit, so I have to sandwich it between a bunch of like manly shit talk so that y'all don't think that I have any feelings. So first off, you guys are a couple of fucking boneheads who think they know a fucking thing about music. And I got to tell you, you're fucking wrong, all right? Jet Jaguar is better than Radio Ready. And, uh, like, you kiss my ass, man. Night Freak fucking rips, and you guys are fucking wrong. Um, That being said, I called because, uh, Happy anniversary, and uh, y'all, y'all have surprised me, because I seriously, I've been tuning in since October, I've got back with all the other shit, and like, I've just been like, waiting for you to start sucking at doing this podcast, and you haven't, so good job on that, and um, fucking thanks for all the kick-ass music, uh, specifically Nate, uh, I just want to say, because I fucking talked to Gray on the internet, because that's a thing that you can do that you don't do, but it's cool. Um, dude, thanks for fucking Fiat, bro. What the fuck is wrong with me? I got snagged to, like, the last copy of that shit, and fuck, man, I would have never fucking heard that shit if I wasn't on the Patreon, you know, plug. Anyway, 
So also, um, yeah, I'm sorry this message is like long, except I'm not because all the messages are like 10 fucking minutes long now. So just fucking eat it. Bye. <laughs> I like I like he picked up the pace and said just fucking eat it. Bye. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um it's it was it was really good to hear from Fatty Hurst again. Yeah. Um yo, genuinely thank you for that. Um yeah, we do. Yo, Fatty actually just bought bought off of me the other week a uh an OG Ro- purple Rosie O'Donnell show t-shirt. Oh, okay. So that's that that is way better than a Creed shirt. Yeah, that it is, and it does not fit him, and he knew it would not fit him before purchasing it, and said this will be a per- a perfect stage shirt. Yeah, uh, he posted a picture of it, gut hanging out of a bright purple Rosie O'Donnell sh- uh, show shirt, and it looks fucking great. That's that's the type of customer I need for my for my resale. Business. What size was it? A medium. Oh God, I, yeah, dude, a medium? Are you kidding me? I don't even think I'd fit my head through the fucking hole. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but yeah, yo, thanks for that. I'm, uh, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that, uh, we got you into some shit specifically mentioned Diot, which we've big up Diot a million fucking times on this show. And, uh, I will not hesitate to do it one more time. That band fucking kicks ass. So yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, I don't talk on the internet usually. So, uh, you know, whatever. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, it looks like fatty had a follow-up call too. So it looks like he had another minute and a half worth of thoughts. All right. Um, a mere 20 minutes after leaving this message. So let's, let's see what he had to say. And then we'll, then we'll call it for the night. All right. Hey guys, it's me. It's fatty again. Um, yo man, I'm sorry. I told you to eat it. You don't got to eat it. You cannot eat it. Um, also just like, thanks for the inspiration. To like quit smoking, man. Because even though it's the most metal thing in the world to do, because it's like a slow motion suicide. Um, which is what's cooler than that? Because the world is fucking shit. If you're real fucking dialist, fucking let it go, man. Anyway, just joking about that too. Smoking is very unpopular these days. It's not cool at all. Holy shit! The fuck is wrong with me? But yeah, you guys are kind of like. As the kings of straight edge and the guard, the gatekeepers of said straight edge, you're inspiring me to maybe even uh, entertain the thought of uh, not being uh, a drunk, smoking bar punk who uh, is desperately out of shape. Um, so keep up the good work and also. Uh, yeah, also nothing. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say because I smoke weed because I'm a fucking star. Because fuck, never going to be straight edge. Fuck, nice to know you're the kings of it, though. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, yo, if we actually if we actually are inspiring you to, to consider giving up um, smoking cigs, then I think, you know, the entire 52-episode run of this show thus far has, has been worth it. If we inspire even one person to give up the deadly habit of smoking cigs, um, then we've done our job. Yeah, you can keep all your other habits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, keep keep all the rest. Just give up smoking cigarettes. Right, right. Uh, Truly the lamest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, So on that note, uh, you know, he actually, he did mention, he did mention being a, a Patreon subscriber. We got a, we got a couple new ones oh, yeah, um, we do. that I should, I should probably shout out. So, uh, first of all, Jim from Lima, 
uh, edited his pledge to be ten dollars. Now he's God a fucking damn. big politician. Now fucking sending all the money in. We are just we're, we're racking it up. Um, and then uh, next up we've got Jill, who is the woman that I've been talking to from Buffalo. Um, became a ten dollar subscriber to the Patreon. I tried my best to talk her out of it because. As I mentioned on a previous episode, she listens to like every episode of the podcast, but doesn't um, like doesn't enjoy any of the music. She just likes our rapport. And I was like, well, you know, the the Patreon episodes are like even more music focused. Like there's way less yeah. uh, asides and diatribes and shit. Like right. we just do deep dives on like records and bands and shit. Like there's no content for you there. Um, and it's not it's not affable report either we get fucking nasty we get super nasty on the patreon especially i mean shit that would i'm surprised hasn't gotten us canceled yet (laughs) yes for sure so so uh so i tried my best to talk her out of it but she insisted on it and said she wanted to uh support my endeavors um so yo shout out to you jill um, when you realize that I am a 30 year old man who cares more about my record collection than I do the lives of the people living next door to me, um, I'm sure that the infatuation will wear off and you will wonder why you spent $30 supporting the Patreon for a few months, um, before coming to your senses. But in the meantime, I really, I really appreciate your $10 pledge. Um, then we have got Joey from uh, Porcupine, my homeboy from Chicago, became a five dollar subscriber. Very much appreciate that, Joey. Uh, you're the man. I, I fucking I love chatting with you. Even if I don't always uh, respond to your text in a timely manner, I'm just a really fucking bad texter. So when you text me at like three a.m. about music and I don't get back to you, uh, it's just because I f- I forgot. Uh, then we have got Zach Weir. Zach Weir is a a fucking old homie of mine who is the absolute fucking man. Dude, I used to skate with in my early 20s. Um, I think I met Zach because during the very, very brief period of time that I attended college, I did not even finish a semester, uh, I I saw a dude on campus in a mouthpiece hoodie. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I said, yo, nice, nice, nice mouthpiece hoodie. It was it was during the time when like you could still strike up a friendship with a motherfucker in a T-shirt because that was the only way to really to really gauge somebody's interests. Um, and uh, and we became homies and have been homies ever since. He still lives in Indiana. I think he lives down in Richmond. Um, so, yo, shout out for becoming a patron. And also, he just recently I saw had to uh, had to put his dog down who I had the pleasure of meeting many years ago and was a true sweetheart. Uh, I'm sorry about your loss, buddy. Losing a pet is always a huge fucking bummer. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I hope you're, uh, hope you're holding up. And then last up, we have got Leland. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. Leland Growweiler or Grewweiler or Growweiler. Um, yo, five dollar subscriber. Appreciate it for real. All, all your bucks fucking are. You know they go, they go to a good place, namely uh, us. namely us hopefully increasing the quality of the podcast as time progresses you know and also a a good portion of it too i mean goes into making sure that we the bands that we feature you know we purchase tracks or purchase the record or whatever before we just like throw it on our cast so yeah yeah exactly like every your patreon dollars go to supporting bands directly for sure we pay for every release um that we play, play play on the show if we're able to purchase it we do even if shit is up for donation uh i always 
make sure to throw a couple bucks at a band. Um, so, uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody who was a new subscriber to the Patreon. I'm pretty sure we shouted out Dave Brits already, but just in case, uh, Dave is a $10 subscriber now too. So shout out to, to Brits, our fucking homie. Um, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. We just threw up the third and final entry of our uh, three-part series on Rorschach, the family tree of Rorschach. So we went through and listened to every band that every member of Rorschach has ever been in. And uh, it's exhaustive and exhausting. Yeah, so boy, I tell you what. Um, yeah. it's uh, Just just it's, editing it was like, was making me tired. Yeah, it's, uh, let's just say the music isn't something that you want to listen to. Uh, at least not most of the music on this last episode. There's, there's a couple bangers, but um, the rest of it makes you scratch your head. At least it made us scratch our heads. Indeed. So if you want if you want riveting content like that, <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon at the five dollar and up tier. <laughs> yeah. If you basically want to hear like three minute tracks of boops and beeps and like <laughs> you know like electronic noise and then Gray and I saying I don't I don't fucking know I don't <laughs> the shit, dude. Um, you know, kick us some cash. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're, we're also, we're only like, uh, 28 bucks away from our $500 a month goal. Um, which is fucking sick. Yeah. Um, I think if we, I think if we get up to a thousand dollars a month, then we're allowed to pay our rent with our Patreon money. I think that should be the goal. Well, I think if we get up, up, up to there, like the first thing we have to do, uh, I don't have rent. Um, that's true. But the first thing we have to do is get better mics. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Of course. So, um, after I, better I, I mics to, and better interfaces. Yeah, for sure. And after that, then it's all gold chains and living lavishly. Uh, and um, I'll be back on the Red Bull and Reese's peanut butter sticks. <laughs> yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then uh, if you want to submit some music to us, it's demo listen podcast at gmail We have a bunch of fucking submissions stacked up. So if we don't get to it uh, in a timely fashion. Don't think you got lost in the shuffle. We just have a lot to fucking get through. Um, the the podcast is continuing to grow, which is really fucking cool. But it you know it just means shit is gonna slip through the cracks more frequently. It is what it is. It's just the nature of things. Uh, maybe eventually we'll franchise out demo listen, um, and and uh, other people can buy into the franchise and do their own version. And all the ones we don't get to, um, yeah, they'll do. Or maybe we could just do like house cleaning episodes. Well, that's what I said. That's what I had suggested at the, the beginning of the, of the episode. And we've, we've done you know, at least like, one of like, those like, before. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I don't know if we have enough for it's like after like six months, like, well, okay, we'll just do like a special house cleaning episode where we just try to grind through things. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm definitely down for that. Um, if we're going to do that, we should do one soon because we got we got plenty of shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, submit stuff to the email if you want to. Um, we will get around to it at some point. And then if you want to call and leave a message, it's 260-222-8341. Uh, we still got a few messages to get through on the next episode, but you know we, we're trying to keep these to like a reasonable fucking like runtime. Um, and the runtime has become like this, increasingly This is the bloated. longest episode by far. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it is. We're we're no. we're over two. We're at two oh nine right now. Yeah, but oh, there's just, some editing. There's no, some editing no. I'll do. So we'll be like we'll be like at right over two hours probably, which we've definitely done before. All right. Well, we got it. We got to knock it off. So let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Cool. So on that note, we will holler at you next time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>